Welcome to eAssist Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. Tune in as the experts in dental business share tips and tools to grow your practice. To learn more, visit dentalbilling.com. Please welcome our next guest. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Growing Your Dental Business podcast, where we explore innovative strategies for building a thriving dental practice. I'm your host, Jacqueline Hurley. And in today's episode, we really could talk about anything related to patient care, nutrition, teamwork, and communication, because my guest today is so passionate about so many different things regarding complete health care of the practice, including patients and team members. Do you know anyone who loves being a dental hygienist? Well, I have to tell you, my guest today, she's from Pocatello, Idaho. She doesn't actually live that far from me. We have traveled on the same flight several times, and she is an international speaker, a published author. She is passionate about turning science into action. Audiences are captivated by her engaging courses, leaving them inspired and equipped with valuable tools to provide individualized care and lead a truly fulfilling life. So I would love to welcome Brandy Hooker Evans, who currently owns and operates Stellar Outcomes. And also she joins her husband in owning Evans Dental. Her husband is Dr. Aaron Evans in Pocatello. And welcome, Brandy. Hi, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for having me. I have been looking forward to our conversation since we put it on the calendar. You are one of my very, very favorite travel buddies. And I think it's so awesome that we've spent so much time together. And it wasn't until two months ago that we had any idea what one another did, because when we connect, it's life, love, faith, like all of the things that truly matter that what we did for work just never really came up. So thanks for having me on your show and thanks for being such a dear friend to me. Oh, you're such a delight. Well, thank you for being here. I'm so excited too. I've been really looking forward to today. So first of all, because you are a dental hygienist, I am curious, did you always want to be a dental hygienist? I don't know if I've asked you that before. So I decided that I was going to be a dental hygienist in the eighth grade. So I've been on this trajectory for a really long time. Growing up, my dentist was my uncle. And then the one of the assistants in the front office manager was my auntie. And they had a dental practice in the town where my grandmother lived. So going to the dentist meant favorite people, lots of fun, and maple bars at the local M&W market in Nissa, Oregon, after getting your teeth cleaned. A little bit of an oxymoron there at the end, but you can imagine as a little girl, grandma's house, maple donuts, skipping school. I don't know what else a little girl could dream up. So, of course, I talked their ear off and decided that a career in dentistry was definitely a good choice for me. And this is a lot of years ago, and I'm really thrilled that I picked that and stuck with it because it's been an excellent opportunity for me to connect and meet people and I hope be of tremendous service to our community. I love that. I love that so much. So you're pretty young. That's why you're so passionate about it. I feel like when we form these passions about things, when we're at such a young age, then they just grow and are embedded in us for life. And I totally see that inside of you. So 
Today, we're going to address some common challenges faced in the dental industry, and we want to explore some practical solutions that will help the well-being of both patients and providers. So first of all, what sets your approach to patient care apart from conventional methods? I'm curious to hear about this. I am so excited to tell you because it is like a magic wand in the dental operatory. And what I have found is that if you can guide the patient to make their own decision about whether or not they have disease, then instead of, you know, banging your head up against the wall because you've been talking until you're blue in the face and they just won't listen, you get to reverse that role and listen to them discover their disease. And then they are curious as to how you can help them. And in dentistry, you know, obviously that's either restorative or hygiene care, whether they have caries or periodontal disease or some combination of both of them. And it's, it, it takes all of the rest, the responsibility, that heavy weight that dentists and hygienists and the entire team fills for our patients' lack of dedication to their either their home care or coming in for the care they need or getting them to agree to the treatment plan that's best in their interest. It takes the weight of their health off of us. It gives them the autonomy to be in charge of that themselves. And it sets up as us up as the experts that are just there to help. Like, you, you know what, Jacqueline, you're right. You do have gum disease. And then you're like, well, Brandy, what do we do about it? And I'm like, here's our options, A, B, and C. And so you're not in the chair worried about what I'm saying, worried if I'm trying to make money, worried about if I know what I'm talking about. You yourself picked the answer. And so now you're ready to commit to it, which is so rewarding as a professional. That's brilliant. Do you take it one step further and talk about how this dental care that you're talking about affects not just their mouth, but their whole overall health? Absolutely. So part of, well, the whole secret to this is really quality assessment. And that starts with a medical history where we discuss what's going on for the patient and discuss with them that their oral health and their overall health aren't two separate things. They're the same. And when there's infection in your mouth, that infection is being circulated through your entire body. And likewise, when there is trouble in your body, your mouth cannot ward off disease like it otherwise would if you had a healthy internal system. So we start with a medical history and then take a blood pressure. And this one is super fun because so many Americans have no idea that this is the number one killer. And it's also directly related to the health of their gums. Really? It's amazing. It's, it's incredible. We lose 800,000 Americans every year to cardiovascular disease, 150,000 to stroke and 650 to heart disease. It's astronomical. And it's not just, you know, old chubby dudes, you know, it, it is a disease that affects men, women, young, old. I mean, you could, and so without getting too far off in a heart disease, taking a blood pressure is a phenomenal way to continue this idea that our body is connected to itself. Our mouth is part of the whole body. And so 
once we get that baseline of information going, we also know what kind of conversations we want to have with our patients. For example, if someone marks that they struggle with Sjogren's disease, we know right then and there that our conversation and our care is going to be centered around keeping them comfortable. Typically, people with Sjogren's disease experience really, really dry eyes and dry mouth. So we want to make sure that we're not getting any cotton stuck on their mouth and just ripping it off without getting it wet. Um, and then we want to make sure that as we're talking about cavities and gum disease, that it's centered around how to keep their mouth nice and lubricated so that they're comfortable during the day and so that they are comfortable while they eat. Because a lot of people experience pain when they have super dry mouth. So the, all of that is setting us up as the professional, both in the eyes of the patient and also deciding how we're going to navigate the appointment so that each patient feels like we're there with them. We're taking care of them. It's not my nine o'clock, my 10 o'clock, my 11 o'clock patient. It's Mrs. Jacqueline Hurley is in my chair. And what is it that she needs from what I have to offer? which is completely refreshing <laughs> as, a, as a care, pro care provider. Is. That is, I agree with that. It's kind of a paradigm shift because don't you think clinicians typically are like, okay, this is our diagnosis for today. This is what we need to do, da, 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 da. Instead, you're completely flipping that whole scenario into letting the patient diagnose their, themselves and so instead of a case presentation, it becomes kind of more of a joint conversation, right? Right. Yeah. right. And so moving through the assessment phase, the next step is an oral cancer screening because early detection saves lives. And again, we're trying to set our patient up to trust us, to know that we are educated, that we're qualified to take care of them. And we also want to catch anything that is off as early as possible, because it can be the difference between them joining us next year and not. And 60 million Americans have thyroid disease. It's no, let me take that back. Sorry. 20 million Americans have thyroid disease and 60% of those 20 million are estimated by the American thyroid uh, association to not know that there is something going on. So when we're doing that oral cancer screening, I found so many people with thyroids that just don't feel quite right for one reason or another. And you refer them to the general doctor, the endocrinologist, and they come back and say, yeah, my thyroid was struggling. And even if it's something simple as modifying their diet and getting on a few supplements, that's life changing. If any, if any of you out there have ever experienced thyroid problems, when your thyroid is off, it sucks. <laughs> and so it, if we can find something early, whether it be cancer related, it doesn't matter. They, the patient benefits exponentially because that early diagnosis is so, is so key. So then we've got, so those are the first three steps, great medical history, blood pressure, and then an oral cancer screening. Now, mind you, in health, none of this takes very long. So often we have this conversation like, Brandy, we're already bogged down. There's no way I have time for this. And what I would challenge that idea with is you don't have time not to, because if you do this, 
system, your patient is on board and will be with you for the longevity of your career. And you don't have to sell a treatment plan ever, ever again. And like the, this keeps, keeps going, right? There are so many good reasons why the, the bottom line on this diatribe is you have the opportunity to schedule the time you need for the amount of disease that's present. So one of the reasons why hygienists and doctors are so tired is because we're trying to squinch every patient into a little box and the patients that fit in that box naturally can do this whole flow and end early. But patients that have been squinched into a box that don't fit into it are now faced with the opportunity to get out of the box, to say, oh, I have disease. I need more time for care. And then the hygienist and the dentist is like, right, you are. You do need more time for care. And now we can schedule it appropriately. We can bill it appropriately. Does that make sense? <laughs> that makes total sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I just feel like there's just so, so much more involved when it comes to, you know, your open communication, your collaboration with the patient. And the thing is, is if they get trapped in that box, then they don't, at least now they know what they need and you can just help them. And they're asking, inviting you to tell them what they need and planning accordingly. So that's great. It's so fun. It gets even juicier after that, Jacqueline. So we did steps one, two, three, and four. Okay. Two and three. Let's go to four. It's teach your patients how to read their own x-rays. I know that sounds crazy because it took me thousands of tries to learn how to read x-rays well. And I was through hygiene school and maybe two years into my <laughs> professional licensure before I got it. But what, what you do is you take this complicated skill and you break it all the way down to something so simple, such as I tell my patients, this thick white line should go up, over, and down in between each tooth. That's it. Or down, over, and up if it's on the maxillary. And when you're looking at the x-rays and you show them what that thick white line should look like, which PS is the lamina dura that's encapsulating the cancellous bone. They don't need any of those words. They just need to know this thick white line should be strong because it's the bone that holds your teeth in your face. And when you point out and you say, do you see this spot where it's gray and fuzzy? And they're like, yes. Then we can say, well, that means that 30 to 50% of the strength of that bone is gone since we can see it already on the x-ray. And so we're not saying you're bad, you have bad x-rays. We're saying health is this thick white line. And the patient is saying, I don't have a thick white line, which brings us to the periodontal chart. So after we take the x-rays, before we show them the x-rays, we do a full mouth period chart, which includes measuring all six locations at every tooth. Again, in health, this takes less than two minutes. When people have disease, it takes longer because they need more care. And so I always start with telling them, right, we're equipping them with the tools I take the whole textbook of periodontology, squinch it into one sentence, one to three millimeters is normal and healthy gums don't bleed or hurt while I'm measuring. So then as I'm calling out fours, five, six, seven in this area, bleeding on X, Y, and Z spots, the patient is hearing that their mouth did not fit into health, which was one to three is normal and healthy gums don't bleed or hurt while I'm measuring. So 
Then we sit them up. So we're eye to eye, knee to knee. We've got the perio chart up. We've got the x-rays up and we're looking at them together as a team. It's you and me staring at the screen. And we put the bleeding deeper numbers in comparison to the x-rays. And so when the patient's like, oh, I have a bleeding five there and my bone is gray and fuzzy. It's that simple. And I worked so hard to learn about periodontology and radiology and it took years, but the reality is is that's it. That's what they need to know. And that's true. If there's bleeding and bone loss, they have active disease. And those are our direct indicators of active periodontitis. So then you just be quiet for a minute and you say, well, what do you think Jacqueline? And then you're able to say, well, <clears throat> gosh, I, I knew that my gums bled sometimes when I lost, but there's, there's a real problem here. What should we do? And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Here's our options. Right. And then, so all of that case presentation, we just cut it out of there. Well, you simplified it for one thing, like it makes total sense in how you're like, I'm not clinical. I don't have a clinical background, but I have been in dentistry enough to know, obviously that you don't want bleeding gums and you don't want, (laughs) you know, and I've been sat in the dental chair for her to read off all those numbers. Unfortunately for me, there's never been a problem, but you never know when it comes to someone that, you know, I just think of how important this is because Typically, I mean, I see my dentist more than I see my GP, right? So all of this is so important when it comes to my overall health. And and I've had a, a daughter that's fought thyroid issues. And, you know, if, you know, catching it early on made a huge difference for her. And so coming to see you, Brandy, would be the best of all worlds. And you still work as a, work as a hygienist, do you? Yeah. Oh yeah. I worked yesterday. Oh, awesome. How many days do you work in a month about? Well, I fill in. So depending on, you know, when people have sick kids or on maternity leave, I might work every day or I might go weeks without. So it's very variable for me, but I, I love whenever I get to do it. And, you know, I'm always timing myself. You can imagine I'm a talker, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who would have guessed? <laughs> and so I always want to make sure that when I'm making these recommendations that I'm testing them over and over and over, because when you work clinically every day, you get super fast at, at, and some people are just naturally skilled at working through all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people struggle more. So I'm always timing myself and I'm always timing the people that I work with, because there's such a wide range of how people like to present things with their own personality, which you should like definitely use your own version of humor and personality as you're teaching your patient how to diagnose their own disease. But I always want to make sure, and I know I've done this long enough now that I shouldn't need that reassurance, but I just do. I want to make sure that what I'm asking is doable. It's feasible and that it works. And so I'm so grateful that I still get to see patients because I, you know, practice what I preach and it works. And so 
I bet it's, I bet it's kind of rewarding to re- to know that it still works. Like, just, yeah. you know, just go through the steps that you have and just one, two, three, four. And I don't know, I'm sure it's, re- I'm sure it's rewarding to you to go in and just say, okay, this is going to be my little test to make sure this still works. And then it does. It does. And one of the things that I was most worried about as a new hygienist was giving patients bad news. I thought that I told them if they had gum disease or cavities, that they were not going to like me, especially gum disease, because people are more comfortable with cavities for some reason than they are gum disease. Yeah. I don't know why, but anyway, I was so worried that when I told them that they had these issues that they weren't going to like me and they weren't going to come back to the office. And I was helping start a brand new practice and, you know, how scary it was to do this. And what I've found by doing that brilliant medical history, blood pressure, oral cancer screening, correct x-rays, and the periodontal chart is that no matter what the patient needs, at the end of the appointment, over and over, it's thank you so much for taking such great care of me. I've never had such thorough care. I've never had a hygienist care so much. All of the the worries that I had about people not liking me actually translated into over-the-moon gratitude for feeling seen and heard and supported. I love and I don't have any personal space. So it often is a hug too, but you know, even if it's just a handshake, because you want to like keep people at a distance to me, that, that was another nugget of reassurance that I needed as, as a young clinician was to feel like I was making people feel wanted and loved and that they would gain confidence in my abilities and come back to the practice so that the practice could thrive. I love it. I think that is, that was very well said. Thank you for sharing all of that, Brandy. I really appreciate that because I feel like I've, I've gone to a lot of different hygienists and some, I walk away feeling like exactly that they really gave me great care today. I feel like this person really cares about me, my oral health, my overall health. Other times I'm like, did they even do an oral, you know, an oral screening, you know, like a cancer screening exam today, you know, so it's, because I know being in dentistry, what should be happening. And so it's kind of interesting to try different hygienists and see if they're actually following all those steps. And there is a big difference in the quality of care. I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. It's so so interesting that the math doesn't math. Like you would think that doing more things would exhaust you more. But what I've found as this system has been shared among all like new hygienists, seasoned hygienists, you name it, the all different kinds of walks of life go into this. What I've found is that this higher quality of care makes people have more energy at the end of the day for the rest of their life because they don't feel like they're not making a difference. They feel like they are valued and that their professionalism is precious because it is. And when you're squinching people into a box all day, you leave exhausted because sometimes things don't fit in a box, Jacqueline, like they just don't. And so then you, you packed a house up, you know, you're sweaty and you're frustrated and you go home and you're like, I got to do this again tomorrow. You're kidding me. I'm not coming. It's not fun. I totally agree. I completely agree. 
Well, if you have felt any passion today from Brandy Hooker Evans, I think I have felt her passion for oral health care. And she has a book coming out. Brandy, I wanted you to tell us about your book because I have a feeling you talk a little bit about the things we've talked about today in your book. And why is your book titled Dennis, Hygienist and Cows? I'm really curious (laughs) about this. Okay, so... If individualized care at all is appealing to you, then you're going to love this book. It's called Dentists, Hygienists, and Cows because it's an amazing plan to stop herding cattle and start treating patients individually. So instead of trying to just move them all in and get them on out, we're figuring out exactly what each individual needs. And I'm from Idaho, and so the analogy, and you you get it in the very first of the chapter, or of the book, exactly how those cows come into play, but the reality is, is we do, we, we herd cattle in dentistry, and it's exhausting, but individualized care is exhilarating, so that it's the how-to guide. I love it. Well, you know, I'm kind of, I grew up around cows. I don't know if you knew that. I'm, I'm a little farmer's daughter from Southern Utah and had many cows that we had to go feed every day and take care of every day. And I just, I love the analogy because I feel like sometimes cows, you know, you don't want to feel like you're treating the whole herd. You're just like, you know, we used to like honk the horn and it would condition them that we were going to feed them and the whole herd would come running you know, but sometimes there would be a cow or two left behind and there was something going on with them. And you had to go check out what was going on with the cow, because if they weren't conditioned to come running for the food, then there was something different going on and you had to have that individual care. So I really love the analogy because typically cows are running a herd, but sometimes they don't all fit into that box. Right. And so there's that individual care. And if you don't fit into that box or your mom doesn't fit in the box, wouldn't you want them to be cared for especially? You know, the cows, it could be anything. They could have some sort of an infection. They could have a problem with their hoof. And, you know, if that's your sweet little pet, like on the cover of my book is Aggie and she likes apples (laughs) and graham crackers and she likes them fed with your hand, like just fed. But if that's, if, if something's wrong with Aggie, then Aggie needs you to tend to that. But it's really easy to miss if you're not looking at each individual, one of them. I love it. I love it. Well, I am super excited for your book to come out and it's going to be out in April. Is that correct? Yes. I'm so excited. We have, we have March 10th on the book for a soft launch in April for the official launch. So I am, I, I hope that it, you know, is a blessing to our community and hopefully helps the patients and the providers and the practices that read it or have access to one piece or another of it, you know, finally get to get healthier and do it while they're having a little bit of fun. I love it. Well, I'm excited to read it. I'm really excited for it to come out and I can't wait to read it. That's going to be a really fun read. And I had the opportunity for you to show me the book before we jumped on this podcast. And it's a beautiful, beautiful book. You have done a fabulous job with your book, Randy. 
Thank you so much. And thanks again for having me today. To all you dental people out there, I love you so much and I am in the trenches with you. So if I can do anything to be of support, you are more than invited to email me at stelloutcomes at outlook.com. Or if you would like a free ticket to my study club that happens eight times a year, it's www.randyhookerevans.com. And yeah, until next time, I hope you guys have a great day. I love it, Brandy. Thank you so much. So if you just reach out to Brandy, you can feel her enthusiasm today. You can feel her professionalism and she's uplifting, contagious. She's all about a unified team approach when it comes to the wellness of the practice and the patients. And I love that. So that's all for today's episode. I will put how to get a hold of Brandy in the show notes. And thank you for joining Growing Your Dental Business podcast. Keep smiling and we'll see you next time. The purpose of this podcast is to interview the consultants within our eAssist consultant network. This podcast is for informational purposes only. For more details, please visit the homepage of this podcast platform at dentalbilling.com. Thanks for listening.